0: I was having the time of my life with that. First of all, every time she walked into a room, I would like crab walk, (laughs) go like that. Not gonna lie, that's a little bit embarrassing. Hi everyone, it's Maddie, and welcome back to another episode of my new podcast, Closet Talk. If you didn't get the chance to listen to my first episode, go back and listen, because these first six episodes are very much a chronological story of my life and my queer journey from childhood to present day. Last week, I talked a lot about picking crushes as a kid, why I never felt boy crazy, and just my general confusion as a child. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about Maddie in middle school. I'm going to tell you about my mom being my middle school teacher, being raised Catholic, and how that affected my outlook on what life is supposed to be like growing up, and why gave me a negative connotation towards being queer but first this episode I am introducing our queer moment in history and that is just YouTube coming out videos the one that stuck most in my heart was by Elle Mills this podcast episode is dedicated to you which I just decided right now let's unpack Coming out videos on YouTube had been around for a while at this point, but this just started to be the point in time where I was watching them and this was several years after the Girls Like Girls music video by Hailey Kiyoko, which was our very first moment in queer history for me, but Elle Mills. I think this one was really important to me because I had been watching her for a while and It was just content that I thoroughly enjoyed without the like questioning of this person's identity. And I think, you know, obviously that's what content is there for. You don't start to immediately question everything about a person. I think she got engaged to like her sister's brother. Like they got legally married. Like it was, she was out here doing stuff that nobody had done before. And it was just crazy. And I was so entertained every single episode. And then one day there was just this massive rainbow like in her thumbnail. And she wrapped her house, like, I don't know who else would do this. Wrapped her house in gift wrapping paper, but in the rainbow colors. And just had her mom drive up and was like, that's me. I'm a gay person. Or like, I think she came out as bisexual. But in that moment, I think there were so many, like, brave pieces to that. Because it was somebody who was blowing up at the current moment. Like, huge on YouTube. Every single video was getting millions of views. Everybody was always in tune with what she was doing. And... I think, you know, you were just waiting for, like, the next weekly upload, and it ended up being something of, like, such importance, but also she made it fun and, like, really engaging, and I had not seen a coming out video like that. Usually all the ones that I had seen in the past were just calm and, like, sitting down and being like, I am gay, I am queer, I am this, I am that, and she was like, no, you know what I'm gonna do? Wrap my entire house. And like that for me was so inspiring a little bit because I was like, you can have fun with this. Like it can be a fun expression of who you are if you want to come out to the people most important to you. And you know, she got it on video and I'm sure got like the mom's consent to like post that raw and like natural reaction, which I'm pretty sure the mom goes, I know, like I've known, which honestly for me, like that would have been so comforting. But I think seeing that reaction of like everybody around her like as well, like she got those clips of like the friends and like their faces dropped when they realized like who she liked which i think much later on you found out it was dodie which is like a very you're over here nodding like, yeah it's Doty, which is like a really popular like queer artist in the music space but yeah every aspect of that video for me like meant so much because it, she had so much fun with like a really intense topic that is always deemed as like oh my gosh dun 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 coming out like it's this really daunting thing for a lot of people and she had just such a great time with it. That moment was so important to me and it, it also meant a lot to me because it was somebody that I had looked up to for so long before that even happened and then to find out you're also connected to that person in that way was just made my life so happy and I watched that video like probably 10-15 times. I watched the El Mills coming out video right as it came out. So back in 2018, I was a senior in high school. I think It was my first semester of being a senior in high school, and I was just about to get into like my first long-term relationship with a girl, but it was still like a secret. So I think I saw it kind of when I needed it the most because I still had not really come out. When I think people think about coming out, it's like, all right, you're coming out. And that's it like it's to everyone and you can you know that slow process of like telling friends first and then telling family first and then now it's probably like posting about it on like instagram or snapchat you start posting about like being a queer person but like there was no access to that outlet for me so i had never really known how to kind of spread the message of like being gay and so seeing that it was so pivotal for me because it was just exciting and I realized like it didn't have to be like this big deal. Obviously, she made it a big deal. It was just kind of like seeing that and realizing that like you can experience your life and do whatever you want with your life, be happy and then just do it whenever you wanna do it. And it doesn't have to be this like huge moment until you want it to be. And that's what I was struggling with was like, do I come out now do I come out later? Who do I tell, who do I not tell? And then I realized if I've been enjoying this person's content without knowing this part of their life and they've still been able to be this like light and like exciting person to like watch and look forward to. And then they do this after all of that, it was amidst blowing up on YouTube for her. This was already after she had so much success in just being who she was. I realized I could just be who I was and then that part of my life could come later. Oh, Mills, you have made it into the iconic moments of queer history because that video for me like meant so much. Like I can't even really like describe like I needed that video exactly when it came out and i think a lot of people did too because we had already watched so much of your life and then it came out for me right as i was about to like enter this important chapter of who i was becoming it just kind of helped me like turn that page Okay, so now that we have unpacked an iconic moment in queer history, we are going to talk about my most iconic moments in my queer history. So last episode, we unpacked a little bit of how I felt transitioning between elementary school and middle school and not knowing how to talk about boys or crushes or any of that. Now imagine a small 10 year old child who is struggling with so many identity issues. You know, you're going into middle school, which You are lying to yourself if you can say out loud with a straight face that your middle school experience was not the most awkward three to two years of your life because I went into middle school with all this pent up anxiety about who I was on the inside, dealing with it alone. Then I walk into my classroom on my seventh grade year to see my mother standing in front of all of the kids because she was my teacher for two years. We're gonna talk about how lovely that was. I love you the most mom. But school for a lot of kids is a little bit of this escape. Sure, you need to, you know, go to your classes, keep up your grades, attend school on a regular basis or else they will most likely notify your parents. But if you were smart enough, you changed that phone number to your phone number. So if you missed class, they'd call you and not your mom. I was not smart enough for that because my mom was friends with the front office lady. So school being that escape for so many kids to just experience express who they were, explore who they were, explore like how they wanted to just be perceived by the world and experience interactions that you experience at that age because they can be yours. And then you go home and your mom asks about your day. And if your mom's cool, you tell her the truth. And if your mom's scary, you lie. For me, I couldn't have those like personal experiences because it felt like I would go into school. And by the end of the day, my mom knew who my friends were before I even knew who my friends were. We're going to pivot into a story about how damaging I think that was. Not to say that my mom isn't brilliant at her craft. She is incredible at what she does. And I know so many of my own friends who still speak so fondly of having my mom as a Spanish teacher and, you know, encouraging them to actually minor or major in it in college. That's how awesome my mom is at what she does. but when you're a kid and you want to express yourself, having a parent as a teacher kind of stunts that growth a little bit. And I would get to school probably 45 minutes before all the other kids. And I knew the front office ladies by like first name basis. I knew how to like break into the vending machine and get myself a cookie. And in the seventh grade, I wanted to try out for basketball. Why did I want to do this? Because all the girls there were taller than me and I thought they were hot. Did I know that I thought they were hot? No but I wanted to try out for basketball. And the physical contact in that game is a lot too. So I was like, maybe I want somebody to just bowl those over me. Anyway, so I convinced myself that I need to try out for basketball. And I had zero experience in basketball. I'm not coordinated. I don't know why I thought I could do this, but I go to try out. And obviously on the first day I got cut. Like it was not a good try out. I was falling everywhere. I didn't even have the right shoes on. Apparently they're basketball shoes. So if you're trying out for basketball, you should probably look into those. And so the very next day I realized that the entire girl's basketball team was in my mom's class for like one period too. And they went up to my mom and they told her that I sucked. They like went up to her and they were like, did you know Maddie was trying out for basketball? And my mom was like, no. And they were like, yeah, she didn't make the team. That was the most embarrassing moment of my middle school experience. But I think also, having that experience that I wanted to keep to myself. Like if you try it for basketball and your mom doesn't know and you get cut from the team, are you probably gonna tell her like no at 11, 12? So that's when I really wanted to start keeping things to and for myself that I really didn't know how. I thought the only experiences that I could have and keep to myself were these internal feelings that I could just not express into the world. This was also the moment where I started to have my first real crush, somebody my age who wasn't unfortunately 29 and somebody who I got to see all the time. And I started to identify kind of my behaviors as a queer person experiencing their first real crush. And I remember growing up, my mom would kind of start to excuse my brother's behavior like, oh, boys will be boys you hear that phrase so much boys Boys to excuse this kind of toxic masculinity behavior in boys. And because they have all this pent up anger hormones, whatever excuses. And so when I was growing up, I was taught boys, if they're mean to you, it means that they like you. And so I never really figured out that's not true. Boys are just going to be mean to you because they're boys. But for me, That's kind of the only experience or like phrase I heard that kind of prompted how I should react when I like somebody. So there was this girl, and we had this kind of like rivalry between us. And she, one day, I think it was my seventh grade year. Sixth grade was really uneventful, so we're gonna skip over that. Seventh grade was the year that I really started to have my mom fully involved in my life. And I told her, I wanna run for student president this other girl also wanted to just run for student body president and so we had this rivalry between us that I really liked because it means that she was giving me attention and we sat next to each other in Spanish class and I remember we just sit there in front of my mom and bully each other to the point where my mom pulled me aside one day and was like you need to be nicer to her and I was like oh like I didn't even realize I was being mean to her because she was being mean to me back and I remember there was this one time she came back from Christmas break And at this point, I was probably full fledged in love with this girl, but I was going to those moments where I was like, I just really want to be her best friend. So I made her want to hate me for some reason. And she went to like her Christian church camp over winter break and she was ice skating and fell back and like sprained both of her wrists and was in like two casts. First of all, that's a little bit embarrassing. (laughs) Not going to lie but I was having the time of my life with that. She came in in two casts and every time she walked into a room, I would like crab walk, (laughs) go like that and like make fun of her. And so I realized that like later on in life, I think a couple years later after the crush had kind of subsided, she went to a different school and I realized that competitiveness within me to like just get this girl's attention in any way possible was because I was definitely trying to flirt with her and I wanted to be closer to her in any way that I could. She won, by the way, student body president, and I was vice president. So it meant that the entirety of our eighth grade year, she had to tell me what to do and I listened to none of it. And I did whatever I wanted to because it would like make her a little bit upset. And I liked that, but anyway, be nice to the girls that you like, buy them flowers, tell them they're pretty, don't do what I did. Um, But that was like my first experience where I, really kept it to myself like I started to realize the feelings I was having as I went Into high school, but those experiences of those emotions I told No one. I also didn't have many friends at some point. I stopped being allowed to go to sleepovers I'm not sure why it could have been the fact that the last sleepover that I went to before they cut me off I went downstairs and ate probably like a 12 foot inch tall bowl of candy because I just wasn't allowed to have sugar, all of it was gone by the end of the night. I would just sneak up and down snares and they were like, okay, Maddie needs to be constantly like in our home. And so after that point of like, not being able to go to sleepovers, not really being able to hang out with people that my mom didn't kind of deem socially acceptable, like people who are very studious. She knew like profiles about these people that I didn't really understand. You know, when growing up, your parents can tell you, oh, I like this person. I don't like this person. But my mom had like intel on these human beings that I just didn't have. And so when she would tell me like, you can't hang out with this person, you can't hang out with this person, there wasn't really a lot of context provided to me that I could really understand. So I couldn't really make my own social decisions for a long time. And so then after like having this crush not being able to talk to a lot of people i think my two friends actually we would hang out in my mom's classroom during lunch everybody else would be out at the lunch tables and we'd be in her classroom playing like cool math games on the computer i got really good at run like that little alien dude crushed it but it also i think stunted that like peer development growth where you learn how to talk about the things that you should be able to talk about at that age because i just kept it all inside because i wanted something that nobody could physically look at and that was my thoughts and like my emotions and my brain and you know the people that i hung out with as well i don't think they really understood how to talk about the things that i didn't understand how to talk about so we mostly just like enjoyed each other's company which i think looking back is actually a really beautiful thing like everybody in middle school is awkward nobody is really confident. And if you are like, it's that like fake it till you make it kind of a thing. And I think I've talked about this with so many of my friends, but like that moment in time, you just feel so awkward in your body, who you are, what you wear, like I would wear hot pink Converse with hot pink jeans and a hot pink flannel to school every single day. I am the most ashamed of that fact. It is not something I'm very proud of, but it pushed me forward and like a development way like you learn your style and then you go into high school and you're a little bit more grown up you have a little bit more like ground under your feet and so keeping all those things to myself I started to bottle up so much more than I really knew because I had friends that I didn't really talk to about that sort of a thing we just kind of hung out and then I would you know go to school and I'd see my mom before during and after school and then I'd go home I'd get ready for cross country practice and then I'd go to cross country practice and my mom was the assistant coach. Like there really was no escape. It's so funny now, like looking back on that moment in time for me. And you know, growing up, having my mom as the teacher and not really being able to express myself in the way that I wanted to, even though I didn't really know how I wanted to, I started to bottle up so much of my feelings. And I think growing up also Catholic doesn't really provide a lot of relief or expression. But every single Sunday I'd go to church and we'd have these religious classes that I did not pay attention to for an hour and then we'd go to church. And speaking from personal experience, growing up Catholic and queer, those two don't really go hand in hand. The values that they teach you when you go to church and the values that I was taught my entire life, even throughout college, when I explored Catholicism again, where one day, as a woman, you're going to grow up and you're going to meet a man and you're going to serve that man and provide him with children. And that's just the way that your life is going to be. The man is going to make the most money. You're going to stay at home with the kids. And that's kind of what I had in my head, like my entire life. And my mom always did teach me to like have goals. And my dad always taught me, you know, education is the most important thing. Sorry for dropping out of college, guys but that's the kind of fundamentals they taught me. Like my mom always told me you should be able to take care of yourself on your own, but then we go to church and you hear these things like, oh, one day you're gonna grow up, meet a man, marry him, that's gonna be your life. And the values that I was taught weren't really aligning with how I felt on the inside. And I think going there every Sunday into a place that was really quiet and really still and really kind of non-expressive, very stagnant in time, as somebody also with adhd i would get in trouble for like tapping my knee i remember i was tapping my knee too much my mom like reached over and was like no 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 like it it was a very still and quiet place and then one day out of nowhere my friend was like do you want to come to church with me and i was so used to going to catholic church and like was so in tune with the values of the catholic church that i didn't think i was even allowed to go into any other kind of church And she was like, it's a Christian church. And so I asked my mom and my mom was like, sure, you can go to Christian church. My socks were knocked off my body. They were like singing and dancing and playing the guitar and like not standing up, sitting down, kneeling, being very quiet. I was like, what is going on? I just wasn't taught that there were other experiences that you could have with religion or God or that God could mean different things. This is a very odd comparison, but God to me felt a lot like Santa Claus, that he can see what you're doing all the time at any hour of the day. And it's not that only he could see what you're doing, he knew how you were feeling. So there was that like deeper Santa Claus level. They never taught you Santa Claus could tell you like what you were thinking, but God could. And growing up, I said all of these emotions that I bottled into myself, you know, you'd go to confession and I would hint at such heavy things in confession. I remember I would go in and I would tell them like, I really wanna be friends with this girl, but my mom won't let me be friends with this girl and I don't know why. And I think that the priest on the other side of the screen could pick up on the hints that I was dropping about being queer before I even could. And I would leave and you know, you'd know, you go in one by one and there were like four rooms and four different priests. You would have your confession and it was pretty timed. Like they'd be like, all right, you have too much on your plate it felt a lot like therapy just with no solutions and then i'd leave and i would be the one with the longest prayer list like they'd be like you have the most work to do and so we'd all kneel after our confessions and we'd have the list of all of the prayers that we needed to say and i'd be there like an extra 20 minutes Like, just honestly, I don't even think I remember a lot of the words to, like, the prayers. I would just, like, make them up. Halfway through, I started ad-libbing my own prayers that were assigned to me. But I remember, like, growing up, if you walked into, like, any other situation, probably like therapy, which is where I should have been, they would explore those topics deeper with you. But growing up in the Catholic Church, it seemed like they wanted to stifle those topics. And... I think that really solidified like these feelings I were I was having. They weren't correct feelings. like they weren't morally correct feelings. And even in the church now, it's like love the sinner, but hate the sin and or I guess not hate. I don't think a lot of religions believe in hatred, but that's not the message I was like given growing up. It was the person doing the thing becomes the thing itself. And I think that's what I was most afraid of growing up and you know those values and lessons being taught to me every single week and then at one point we kind of stopped going to church right as i started to have my first physical queer experiences of like holding hands with a girl and kissing a girl and i think that was actually extremely beneficial for me because i don't think i would have been able to survive very long going to church and having those morals like reinstated into my beliefs while also experiencing queer love for the first time kids and adolescents, period need to have a space where they can explore who they are without judgment and i don't think either of those environments really provided that space for me there wasn't really a time where i felt like i could go somewhere and just be whoever i wanted to be and not feel scared of it i think If I had that space, I probably would have been able to figure out a lot more of who I was. And obviously, of course, at like between the ages of 10 and 13, you are not going to figure out everything about yourself, but you are going to start learning. And I think that learning environment was never really provided. I had to do a lot of growth on my own and a lot of learning on my own without other people by my side. And yeah, I would say just that environment wasn't really accessible for me i think it's so incredibly important for kids to just go be who they want to be and then learn so what i have before me are some other queer catholic or religious experiences that i really resonated with because the first sentence of this first one actually is something out of a poem it said the closet felt more like a bunker and that is just so resonant with how it felt growing up like queer and then your closet's a place where you go and you're familiar with the items. A bunker is a place that you go and you feel like you're in survival mode. And for so long, the closet can just feel like survival mode for so long. The closet felt more like a bunker. Like they were actively looking for us. A friend got expelled because he wrote a poem vaguely describing his crush. The school couldn't expel him because of his sexuality alone. Even for a private school in Mexico, I think it's illegal. So his grades weirdly started to drop. Keep in mind, he was a great student, but they couldn't do it over one set of grades. So this went on for a whole semester. Obviously, people found out about the poem. Students blew it out of proportion, saying it was a full fanfic-like story, and he got bullied really bad. Yeah, I'm going to break down probably a lot of different parts about this one as well, because there are so many bits in here that just really resonate. So obviously the bunker, that survival mode instinct. And I think that must have taken a lot of bravery for his friend in the first place to like write about somebody that he was interested in being in this religious environment. And then any queer person did, but I wrote a lot of poetry in middle school about like oh my gosh her hair i remember sending a song to her that was like your hair is like the color of the sunlight anyway that was embarrassing so opening up like that is really brave of him in the first place and then there's two types of like social rejection i think when it comes to queer experiences it's the parental or authoritative figure rejection where you know you have these older people who have experienced more life than you that are more textbook mature than you that are telling you how your feeling is wrong and telling you that the experiences that you're having you were manipulated into or they aren't real and that you're just a kid having these like figments of reality and that can be extremely damaging to somebody because you aren't allowed to question it you know i was grown up do not question authority and now you know i question everything so like how far that got me. But that can be damaging because you grow up thinking that you are going to have to change your mindset into what these people believe. And that's a lot of nurture like being damaged. When your peers find out about this poem, and your friends find out about this poem, and then they start to socially reject you, I think is even more damaging than the parental figures because you can think, oh, my mom and dad, they're not right. I'm gonna be a different person. I think I always thought that, like I'm gonna be a different person than my parents one day. But the people like your peers who are your same age and your same grade and are it you know, nurtured in the same environment as you are, and then they start to socially reject you is extremely damaging to kind of anyone, not just like queer experiences. You know, you have an experience that you go and you share with your friends and they don't know how to react. And they tell you that you're in the wrong and that that's not true. And they start to kind of invalidate all of your experiences and emotions. That is terrifying. And I'm so sorry that that happened. I have so much faith and hope for this person because I think it's so brave in the first place that they were able to express how they were feeling and be proud enough to like submit it into something that was important. It's scary. You know, the grades dropping and I guess negative effects of the bravery. But like I always say, everything just kind of takes time. And you'll, even if it feels like the end of the world right now, I felt like it was the end of the world two years ago. And it was not the end of the world. I'm 22 years old and I survived. Yeah, you are going to be okay. And there are going to be people who love and support you no matter what. And obviously this person who submitted this story on the behalf of their friend definitely supports you. Like you have somebody in your corner and I can tell. Okay, moving on to the next story. I don't know if i have much to say but like it was super isolating and going to catholic school my whole life i was the only openly queer kid in my year during high school for a long time bullied of course even outed by friends a couple teachers in my upperclassman years were basically my only saving grace yeah this feels like a lot like me i think people got inklings about me before i even got like hints about myself because growing up if you don't even know what gay is in the first place and you are gay i think it's really hard to figure out a lot of those complex emotions but that is like crazy impressive to me that you are going to this catholic school in this catholic environment and you were i don't know open enough to just be queer Like, oh, gosh that's so difficult because when you're the only person who's out it can feel like you're the only person in the world who feels that way And I experienced that a lot being like, I'm the only person on this earth who feels this way. But having like teachers that you can look up to and talk to about it. It feels like on the same level of, you know, that authoritative rejection versus like authoritative, like acceptance. You know, having somebody who's mature and has had all this life experience come to you and be like, yes, who you are is completely all right. It is completely normal. Your experiences and your emotions are totally valid. Having that experience of somebody older than you telling you how you're feeling right now is okay is so important. And I think a lot of us didn't get that with parents who rejected who you were so young. Having like upperclassmen, people you can look up to who are, you know, experiencing life at like just like a different wavelength than you are because they've already experienced the life. That you are living right now is so extremely pivotal. And I love that it. it was like your saving grace. Like there was something there to kind of support you throughout that because I'm sure you were in an environment that was constantly trying to reject you. These stories like constantly impress me and like really motivate me and like make me look back on like, the way that I was so terrified to be myself. Like I look up to these people so much because like they were able to and like kind of took that upon themselves to be like no matter what i'm gonna be myself that's like so so lovely and impressive but yeah being outed by friends too it says bullied of course even outed by friends friends are in quotation marks because those aren't friends but having like people who you are close to and then that betrayal is really damaging and i think you know i was outed as well i don't think there was a sing a singular like queer experience that i had that i was able to come to somebody and like come out to them without it being discussed for me That's probably, like, the one thing that you really are holding dear to yourself and, like, figuring out how to do one day and having that experience taken away from you is, like, you just lost it. Like, you can never get that back. And I think being around people who support you no matter what, that experience, it can be a little more comforting around people who support you. So, so sorry that happened, but you're doing great. Thriving. (laughs) Probably not, but... will be okay and I think you know after high school all these experiences that I'm reading throughout like high school and middle school once you get out of that environment that like socially structured environment and like even physically time-constrained environment where you have to be somewhere every single day you learn so much about yourself and so much about your life after you leave those like pools of people that you grew up with so those people are not gonna be around you forever and those negative people are no longer going to affect you the more that you grow. That wraps up episode two of my podcast, Closet Talk. You can find me absolutely anywhere at Westbrook because I enjoy consistency. Come back next week for a brand new episode all about high school. It is a lot to unpack. Don't forget to follow, rate, and review Closet Talk wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe for full video episodes. I'll see you next week.